Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Amen. Well, good morning, church. How is everybody? Ready for that spring break? Huh? Like six of you? Okay, that's good. Uh, how many of you are ready for spring break traffic on 85? Mm. Wasn't that great yesterday, just being bottlenecked all the way through town? Such a blessing. Hey, as long as they drop them tax bucks, I'm okay with it. Just keep, <laughs> just stop and spend a little cheese. I don't care. Come on through town. I'm excited about spring break. We are, uh, pray for us, we're going to take our pastoral staff um, out of town for a few days this week. Pray. Uh, chemistry is important. Uh, the fact that we don't just do work together, we do life together. Uh, it's important. So pray for us. We're going to sneak away for a few days as a staff and uh, take our families and just do life together for a few days. So just pray uh, that God will bless our time together. We've got some specific things we're going to be studying while we're away. And uh, just pray that the Spirit of God will continue to gel us together as a team. Um, we've got some amazing things coming this year. I mean, just some amazing things coming. And, uh, and, and we're going to have to be uh, not just in line with God, but in line with each other. And it's important that we take this time to invest. So uh, if you need us this week, probably the best way to get a hold of us will be checking email. So you can always email us. And, uh, and again, we'll be uh, periodically checking email. So give that a shot this week. Uh, another announcement before I get the party started. Discover Hope. How many of you guys have been through Discover Hope and you're a member of Hope City Community Church? Praise God. Praise God. Well, for those who haven't gone to Discover Hope yet, I want to encourage you, you have one more opportunity until the end of summer. We are going to take a hiatus during the summer. So if you want to become a member and you want to be able to serve through the summer with our teams, we encourage you uh, the first week of April will be your last chance to start Discover Hope until the fall. So if you want to be a part, again, April 2nd will be the last start of a class until the fall. Uh, so if you want to be a part, you can sign up at... Uh, uh, just the, the guest services right here when you first walk in through the door. You pass the, uh, the, the bronze horse, walk straight in, they can help you there at guest services. Um, this morning, I want to talk to you about the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Uh, I guess it's been several years back, I was listening to two guys that were having a conversation. And uh, one guy was saying about how the knowledge of the Scripture has really gone down in America. How nobody knows Scripture anymore. And he was talking to this other gentleman. And he says, as a matter of fact, he goes, I bet most people don't even know the Lord's Prayer anymore. And he says, I believe that so much, I'll bet you $10 that you don't even know the Lord's Prayer. And he was talking to this guy. And the guy just kind of looks at him and he goes, you know what? You're on, buddy. I'll take that bet. For $10, I know the Lord's Prayer. And he looks over at the guy and he goes, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And the guy looked over at him and reached in his pocket and gave him $10. and said, man, I didn't think you knew it. <laughs> Can I tell you, our understanding of the scripture is imperative, especially when it comes to prayer. We are in a prayer series, and what we are talking about is an understanding of where you stand and where God stands and what you can expect from that relationship according to the Word. And so today I'm starting a two-week 
mini sermon called The Protocol of Prayer. The Protocol of Prayer. I, I began to write, and I apologize, uh, I, I began to write, and it was too rich to do in one weekend. It was just too rich to do in one weekend. So you're going to have to come back next week and uh, to get, get part two. We're going to get some of the Lord's Prayer done this week, and we'll finish next week. And of course, if you miss, you can always uh, get a hold of the, uh, the podcast. By the way, I want to say hello to everybody listening to the podcast. Uh, we've got hundreds of people every week listening to the podcast, and just want to give God praise for that and say hello to those guys listening. People all over the world, people in Sweden and Uganda and places all over. So I want to say hello around the world to people listening to the podcast. We, we give God praise for you, and we're praying for you, and uh, uh, we thank God for your listening. James chapter 5, verse 16, says the effectual Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, don't get hung up on man, female. It's more of human. It says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous human availeth much. These are two adjectives that we all desire for our prayers. Effectual and fervent. Effectual and fervent. Let me give you what those two words mean. Number one, effectual. It means successful in producing a desired or intended result. So are your prayers successful in that way? Do they produce the desired result? Next, fervent. Fervent is having or displaying a passionate intensity. When you pray, do you have intensity? Do you pray with, a, with an energy of expectation? And the scripture says that if you pray effectual and fervent prayers, that you will receive change, that God will move on your behalf. It says it availeth much or it changes much things. And so we have a, a very cool part of the Bible called the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's found in Matthew, and it's also found in Luke. But today we're going to read it in Matthew. It's in chapter 6, starting in verse 8, and it goes to verse 13. We're going to read this. And, and again, we pray that God gives us understanding uh, today. And so let, let's, let's read this uh, few verses, and then we're going to talk about it. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. Therefore, do not be like them. Like who you say. I'm going I'm to share that with you in a minute. So just kind of shelf that. Don't be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would uh, turn me off and turn you up. Uh, don't let it be my words I'm about to speak. Let it be your words. Uh, I pray for the anointing and a fresh move of the Holy Spirit today. Father, I pray that not a single person would leave here without a change by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I thank you, Lord, for pouring out afresh and anew from your word today. Give us revelation from your scripture. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Uh, first thing I want to tell you is, is this is mislabeled. Uh, how many of you heard this called the Lord's Prayer your whole life? Lord's Prayer your whole life. It's mislabeled. Mislabeled. You know why? Jesus never prayed this. 
Like, what? I thought Jesus was teaching how to. Listen, Jesus never prayed this. You know how we know? Forgive us our trespasses. Jesus never trespassed. He never sinned. There would be no reason for Jesus to ever speak these words. So we know this is not for Jesus. He says, when you pray, pray like this. He didn't say when we pray. He said, when you pray, pray like this. So remember week one in prayer, we were talking about the humus man, the spirit wrapped in the dirt body. He was giving us a, 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 a list of checkpoints on how to pray as a dirt spirit being, okay? So if I was to label this, and thank God it's not my job because you're about to hear why, I would call this Jesus's blueprint for the dirt covered spirit and the teaching of how to pray. You're welcome. Like, yeah, we're glad it's called the Lord's Prayer now. Yeah, me too. Me too. But the truth is, is people think Jesus prayed this. He didn't pray this. He said, when you pray. Why did he say when you pray? Because you have a unique authority. Because when you pray, things happen. And so he was teaching us to pray. And, 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 and what we're about to break down, we're only going to go through verse 9 today. It's that rich. I mean, it's, it's just power-packed with just great, great gold of God's goodness. Um, you're going to see that it is a blueprint for prayer, not something to just rehash and recant. There's nothing wrong with quoting scripture, but that's all you're doing when you quote this. Uh, he is giving you a blueprint on how to pray, not an actual prayer to recite. Um, the Lord's blueprint for prayer uh, is, is really interesting. And today we're going to talk about the protocol. And what he's laying down is he's laying down these lists of things that we should cover in prayer, but not necessarily to say these things verbatim. It's, it's, it's interesting. And I, let me show you how I know that. Remember when he says, therefore, don't be like them. Let me tell you where he's getting that from. It's from the previous three verses. It's chapter, it's chapter 6, verse 5, 6, and 7. Again, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, 6, and 7. It's not in my notes. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Have you ever met those people that they only pray when people are looking? Huh? Only save when people are around? Well, what he's saying is don't be like those people. Uh, the reason why is because he says next, he says, Assuredly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Their pride is their reward. Don't be like those people. He says, but when you pray, who's you? Us. When we pray, he says, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There was a, a big study years ago about the secret place, the secret place, secret place. What is a secret place? Well, it has to be a place you know about, or you would never be able to get there. So the secret place is the place you create when you are alone to speak to God. Uh, and it literally tells us this, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, right? Uh, some people have their prayer closet, and it says, pray to your Father in that secret place, meaning when you are alone. Can I tell you, you cannot fake publicly what God develops privately. 
You either have it or you do not have it. And it does not come from your prayer when you're here. It comes from your prayer when you are in the secret place, right? When you're alone with God. It says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That means what is done in private is rewarded in front of other people. And it says, and when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do. That's how we know we're not supposed to just go through this and this becomes our prayer, the Lord's Prayer. No, no, no. This is a verse. It's fine to quote it. But again, it should not take the place of effectual, fervent prayer. Okay? Uh, and, and I want you to have understanding of that because there's people who will quote this verse and they feel like they've done their praying. No, no, you've quoted a powerful verse, but you have not activated your prayer life. Don't make that mistake. It says, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Uh, it's talking about the heathens who pray with repetition. Uh, you and I um, have to pray uh, one-on-one with God in the secret place uh, and on a daily basis. That's what we're called to do, to have a constant prayer life, a day-to-day, repetitive, beautiful uh, intimacy with God that takes place on a daily basis at a timing of, of your choice. I'll tell you what's funny is, is the closer you get to God, the, the more the timing becomes His. Uh, I will tell you, and some of you will know this, if, if you've been saved and you've invested time in prayer, you will get woke up for prayer. God will interrupt your life for you to pray. And what he's doing is he's interrupting your life because he needs you to intercede at that moment to unlock him to respond to a need on earth that you don't even know about. So uh, prayer is a powerful thing. And when you get into it, boy, it really really becomes a a passion all its own. Because to have that one-on-one time, that intimacy with God, there is nothing like it. There is simply nothing like it. Today I'm going to break down verse 8 and verse 9. Uh, of the Lord's Prayer. Starting in verse 8, it says, Therefore, don't be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Pretty self-explanatory. We're not even to the Lord's Prayer yet. He's, he's gearing up to begin to, ta- to take you into the, the blueprint of prayer. Verse 9, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's as far as we're going today. Verse 9, Our Father... In heaven, hallowed be your name. The first two words I could probably spend two weekends on. Uh, for the sake of time, I'm going I'm to go through this fast, but I want you to get this understanding. Our Father. There's a lot to unpack in those two words. You think, well, how much could there be? First, the concept of our. I think a lot of people pray my Father instead of our Father. And let me explain. When you talk about our, uh, it's the concept of there's a shared possession. Uh, meaning that our Father, uh, when I pray, I have to have the understanding that other people are praying to the same Father. Okay? Why does that matter? Because if I approach God as my Father instead of our Father, it's kind of selfish. You see, when I was growing up in Arkansas, I remember people praying for rain, and in the same house, people praying for it not to rain. Yeah. You see, you wanted to go out on the weekend, so you didn't want the rain to come. Right? So you would say, Lord, don't let it rain so we can go out with our friends this weekend. And then my grandfather begging for rain so that way the ponds would refill so he could water the cattle. Right? Now, here's what's interesting. If you pray, my Father who art in heaven, you are going to miss 
the understanding that is necessary when your prayers sometimes aren't answered exactly the way you think they should be. Why is it that our prayers aren't answered exactly like we ask? Because you are not the only child in the family. God has billions of children. And if he answered your prayer with the specificity that you pray every time, it would mess up his plan all over the place. And it's not about you individually. It's about the kingdom. And so when we say our father, we're giving an acknowledgement that we are not the only children and that we yield to the dominion of God. God, I trust you. If it doesn't happen the way I ask, it's because you're blessing somebody in a different way. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to respond the best way for the kingdom, no matter how it looks to me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you see the picture of the word our? Well, we can shift over to Father. I mean, holy smokes, the word Father is a big, big thing. So Father is a tricky one. And it's tricky because... When I counsel people, a lot of times their understanding of God being a father is skewed based on their earthly father. In other words, if you had a father uh, that maybe had some significant failures, then you tend to project those failures onto your heavenly father. And it's not fair to God, but he understands it. It's understandable because your concept a fatherhood is skewed based on your limited knowledge of what a father is. Now, I will tell you something that I want you to receive. Irrelevant of your earthly father, your heavenly father is good. I don't... Uh, irrelevant if your earthly father was abusive... Your earthly father is tender and caring. If your earthly father was selfish, your heavenly father, he's benevolent. Do not let the restrictions of your past limit what you expect from God. Because he's so big and he's so wonderful that the very terminology of father, he says, if I could choose to relate to you in any way. I would not relate to you as servant master. I would choose to relate to you as father and child. You see, when we have a good understanding of what a father is, we learn to posture our prayers correctly. We learn that we can just ask for the best, right? See, that's the funny thing about Nora, my six-year-old. She understands that everything I own is hers waiting for me to die. She's got it. She's got to figure it figured out. If you don't give it to me, it's okay. I'll get it out of probate. Don't worry about it. She's going to get it. It's going to be hers. She knows it. And she governs herself accordingly. She walks around the house telling you what she is going to get from you. You ever had a kid like that? Dad, we're going to stop getting milkshakes after school today. Are we? We are. We are. I'm telling you, kids smart. She'll look at you and say, 
because I have faith in you, Dad. (laughs) See, now if I don't, I'm messing with how she sees God, and she knows that. She's slick. She's smart like her mama. You got to watch her now. She's six years old, and she's smart as a whip. But you know what's interesting? is knowing what I know about people seeing God through the lens of their father does dictate how I treat my children. Because as a father, I can be responsible for their limitations they put on God. Fathers, your job is important. Your love is important. Explaining yourself and the decisions you make is important. We represent God to our families until they get old enough to know him on their own. Wow. It's a big responsibility. Can I tell you, he'll give you the grace for it. You're going to be fine. Don't let that worry you. Just function and operate in the grace of the word. You're going to be fine. So the word father is pretty important to me. I, some of you know my father. He's, I'm blessed to have an incredible father. Um, he is, uh, uh, about five foot 10 and he's got silver hair and, uh, he's built like a gorilla. He's, his, his back is about twice as wide as mine. He walks around with a smile on his face. We used to call him Silverback when I was in high school because he walked around like this. He used to be real bowed up. He's still strong. He still bench pressed 400 pounds at 67 years old. Walk around like you know. Praise God. Praise God. And those of you know him, no, I'm not lying. You can't talk about anything but God in front of him. You be talking about what you had for lunch. You'll say, "That reminds me of communion." Have you taken communion lately? I mean, he just he just robs every conversation. He does. He just completely pirates every conversation for the kingdom. And well, what's funny is, is, as a kid growing up, you couldn't go through the drive-through. Well, and still today, if you're ever in a car with him, he goes through to go through a drive-through. He's going to preach to whoever's in the window. I'm talking about people are in the window, and thank you, sir, fifteen uh, dollars. You know, and what can you buy for fifteen dollars anymore? Not a whole lot. It's sad, and but they'll say, sir, it's fifteen dollars. He'll hand him a twenty, and he'll say, I have a question. Do you mind if I ask you a question? And they're like, "Uh, this is weird, but go ahead. He goes, when is the last time that someone told you Jesus loves you? And they just look at him like he's a little bit crazy at first. And they go, I don't don't know. And he says, let me apologize to you. As many people call themselves Christians in Crestview, you ought to have that every day. On behalf of the believers corporately. Let me apologize to you and tell you that his love is never ending and you will never outrun him. Your sin is not stronger than his love. And he'll begin to witness. And by this point now, people are honking. And he's just beginning. I've seen people come to Christ through the window of Burger King. All because, praise God. Praise God. You know, he just, he's, he's a man on a mission. He, he don't walk slow nowhere he goes. He just, praise God. He's just always something. So that's what I was raised with, thinking about a father who was on edge just to do something for somebody, just looking to be a blessing to somebody. He'll look at you and say, you know what today is? 
Do you know what today is? It's the day the Lord has made. You ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Come on. And you're like, Larry, take it down a notch. Right? He's like, son, do you realize God made today just for us? This oxygen was produced in heaven while we were asleep and pumped into our atmosphere so that we can breathe it and get after it and go love on people today. Son, you get it. And boy, he gets to go and I'm like, man, you got to slow down. I got kids to raise, bro. You got to relax, right? But he's just on it. He's on that heavenly approach, man. It just. So I've had a pretty good understanding of what a father is. But see, what I've explained to you so far is the good side of that father. You see, he's also been a good father on really dark days. One of the craziest days of my life. My brother and I used to play a lot of basketball outside in our driveway. It's back when kids used to go outside. And uh, playing basketball, and we had just bought a new puppy, Frazier. Big old block-headed, black lab puppy, beautiful, 10 weeks old. Going to be a wonderful duck dog, just beautiful. And we got Frazier out there. He's laying in the grass chewing on something he probably shouldn't have been. And we didn't realize what was going on, but the lady across the street had these dogs. They're English bull terriers. And one of them's name was Apollo. And Apollo was really friendly to people, but just was completely averse to other animals. And they had a glass door that they... Uh, opened the regular door and left the glass door. And it was weak enough that when Apollo saw our puppy, he came out that door. And like a streak of lightning, he came across the street. And my brother, noticing what happened, reaches down and picks up our dog and starts running in the house. And when Apollo jumped, this dog weighed 85 pounds of solid muscle. When he jumped, he missed our dog and he grabbed my brother's hand. And my brother's trying to get his hand away. And it was his right hand. And the dog bites, and he's trying to get his hand away, and he can't get his hand away, and he's trying to sling, but this dog's holding on to his hand, and he's got the dog, and he's trying to save the, our dog while this dog's mauling his right hand. Mauled his hand so bad, he lost his scholarship to be a quarterback in college. Chewed his hand up. I take a, a rake, because we were supposed to be raking leaves when we were playing basketball. I took the rake. And I broke it over this dog's back. And he didn't budge. He just kept chewing and mauling. And now he's up to my brother's wrist. And my brother's running. And he can't get this dog off when we're trying to pull. But every time we pull, it's tearing. And you remember the silver back I told you about? It's like a silver streak out of heaven comes blowing out of the garage. Like the ultimate warrior. Just rolling. And he comes running out. And in the midst of the chaos, have you ever seen dogs fight? It's so fast and vicious and quick and chaotic. This is happening in a matter of seconds that he grabs this dog by the ears and the neck and pins the dog to the bricks of our house. And my brother grabs his arm and runs inside. And there's a trail of blood. I mean, it, I still to this day, I'll never forget the chaos and my dad's holding this dog, and I'm looking, and this dog is turning and biting his hands. 
biting his wrist and scratching his chest. I mean, he's choking this dog to death. So the dog's responding accordingly. The owners come over and they put the leash around the dog and got him over back behind their fence. And I'll never forget, I ran in the house to check on my brother. My brother's hands are just mauled under his chin. They've been bit two or three times and he's just all over the place. And he's a little bit in shock. And my dad comes in and he says, where's your brother? I said, he's in the bathroom. He said, get him a towel. We got to get him to the hospital. And I look at my dad's hands and they're about just as bad as my brother's. And I said, dad, your hands. He said, don't bring my hands up. Just worry about your brother. Let's keep moving. Get him a towel. Get him in the car. I'm getting the keys. We got to get him to the hospital. My brother had reconstructive surgery. He still can't write using his thumb, but it tore every tendon in his hand, including his wrist. And I think about my father on that day. How his normal cordial self, you know, walk around, he's grinning from ear to ear. Hey, bro, praise God, y'all. When we were in danger and chaos was ensuing, his fatherhood shifted into a totally different thing. And no matter what, even at his own expense, he did not hesitate to intervene on our behalf. So when I tell you that our picture of our earthly father changes how we pray, can I tell you that you have a heavenly father that no matter how chaotic your life may seem, no matter how aggressive the world seems and how things are coming at you, he will not hesitate. He will fly into your life without a drop of resistance. And he will attack those things that are attacking you. All to show you that he is your father and that he loves you. Can I tell you, you have a good father. So when we say our corporately, father, we're not just acknowledging the cordial side of a dear old dad. We're also acknowledging that he is not just provider, he is protector. He's a good God. And he says, I want you to know me like a child knows their father. Do you see the picture now of how our prayers must be structured? What will you not take to your father? Can I tell you, my children know they can talk to me about anything. They will not scare me away and they cannot offend me to the point I would draw my love. But see, the enemy is out here running around making you think if you even let God in on what he already knows that he'll cut you off. There's not a greater lie. There's not a greater lie. Our Father, let's keep going for a sake of time. I got to hurry. Our Father, who art in heaven, who art in heaven. Why is that so important? Because in heaven, you are not limited by time, matter, and space the way we are here on earth. So when you pray, our Father, who art in heaven, you're taking off the limitations that we have here on earth. Do you see that? In other words, no matter what, 
somebody tells you here on earth, you can pray for things bigger in heaven than what you would ever see in the flesh. Let me put it a different way. I don't care what the doctor said. God is not limited by their books. He is not limited by their x-rays. He's not limited by their knowledge. He's not limited by anything on earth. Here's another thing you need to acknowledge. A lot of people think God's everywhere. Mm -mm. His spirit is everywhere. Your father never leaves his throne. Why is that important? Because he is always in charge. He is always in a position to rule on your behalf. You say, wait, wait a second. Yeah, no, listen, the scripture says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding on your behalf. If he's ever interceding on your behalf, who's he interceding to? God. So if he's at the right hand of the Father, that means the Father's on the throne. Jesus is at his right hand. And what are they doing? Jesus is praying on your behalf, and God is ruling from the throne on your behalf. Does that excite anybody else in here? Y'all gonna mess around and get me to preach. I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to teach. I don't want to get excited because I got too much to cover. The Holy Spirit's everywhere, but God does not leave his throne. He is on his throne, and baby, he is on time every time. Um, he's not limited uh, to, to earth. Uh, and heaven trumps earth. We see this in Daniel chapter 4, verse 26. It speaks about heaven ruling over earth. Earth yields to heaven. The flesh yields to the spirit. How do we know that? When the flesh is dead, the spirit lives on. That which is eternal trumps that which is temporal. That's the way it is. John chapter 20, verse 17. Jesus said this. He says, I'm ascending to my father and Hang on, hang on, hang on. I saw about five people fishing get blessed. I got to get everybody to get this. Jesus said, I'm ascending to my Father and... Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. When you get this, when you get this, hang on. I am ascending to my Father and... Okay, watch this. So what I have been able to do on earth... Now you will be able to do on earth. He is our father. He said, if you see me, you see the father. The strength I have on earth is not of myself. It is of my father. So when I am going to our father, that means it's not just my father. We've covered that already. So you can pray with the expectation to see what Jesus saw on earth. Five of you. Maybe some on the podcast will get blessed. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What does that mean according to prayer? That means when you pray, it is as if you are seated in the throne room of heaven making your request. You are already sitting in a place of ruling with God. The Bible says, if you are in Christ Jesus, you are the seed of Abraham, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Pray accordingly with expectation. Our Father, you're in heaven. You are not limited to my circumstances. You are not limited to what my bank account says right now. 
You are not limited to what the doctor said about my children. You mess around and start praying like that, you'll see some things change. Feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lastly, can I have five more minutes? Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed. 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 It's a word we don't really use that often in our speech anymore, but it means sacred, separated, unique in its nature, holy and unique. Sacred, separated, unique in its nature, holy, unique. Can I just can I just vent with you for a minute? I gotta do a little marital counseling here. Do you know there are plates in my house that you can eat off of, but I can't eat off of? Laugh it up. It's called the China. I know you ain't getting the China. Ain't no guests over here. How about this? We got hand towels in our bathrooms that you can wash your nasty hands with. And I can't even touch them. I don't understand it. Can I vent for just a second? Thank you. I feel better already. When we were getting married, we went to a place called Dillard's. It's painful even talking about it. And they had this whole section. Fine China. And the fact that we was getting married in Arkansas meant that there was some idolatry at play and you had to get some plates that you can never use. And so what happened was you set a time to go to see the fine china to pick out the stuff you would never use. And there we met a gentleman. He says, well, tell me, what kind of china are you interested in? I said, man, I don't know nothing about these plates. Oh, sir, these are not plates. <laughs> sir, these are china. These are different than plates. They look like plates to me. They may look like your average plate, but these are different. These are for special occasions. And he begins to lead us down a path of going broke. He holds up this one plate. I'll never forget it had an elk on it. He goes, you look like a hunter. Do you enjoy hunting? I said, no, not really. I said, plus there ain't no elk in Arkansas. So he goes, no, it's the symbol of the hunter. He goes, you look like a man who would hunt. I said, pass. He goes, well, it's, what's your, do you like gold? Do you like silver? What, what's your color? I said, I don't care. I said, talk to my wife, bro. I don't know nothing about this stuff. Wendy picked out the stuff with the silver ring around it and this little, it ain't nothing fancy, y'all. It, it ain't that nice. $85 a plate. And it wasn't a steak on it. 
just the plate. And then they said, and then they said, now, now how many people do you expect? How many people do you expect for dinner? I said, on these plates, zero. <laughs> zero. Not never, none. Ever. Not. Wendy goes, well, at Christmas we could have as many as 20, maybe 24. <laughs> he goes, do they drink coffee? Everybody drinks coffee. Of course they drink coffee. He goes, let me show you the matching saucers and coffee cups. <laughs> and he pulls it out. And now his helper is preparing a table. And they're laying it out. And Wendy is seeing all of her dreams come true. She's entertaining the Queen of England in our house. And there's these fancy stuff. And there's, there's plates even for the plates. They're called chargers. And then they got plates even for the cups. They're called saucers. And it's in case the coffee's too hot. You pour a little bit in the ugly little plate. And then you can drink it when it cools off. And before I know it, each Seating is $165. Again, how many people are you expecting for dinner? Wendy says, maybe 20 to 24. I said, are you crazy? Do we, no. And as we're checking out, buying all of this, It dawns on me my life is different now. <laughs> because now I have China. You see, our house right now that we're in doesn't have a dedicated dining room. But the house we're building does. And see, here's what will happen. When you come over, you better eat your little meatloaf on my China. <laughs> Go on, get your green beans. On my $80 plates. Enjoy yourself. Because the minute you leave, I won't see them again till you come back. Now, how does that tie in to Hollywood be thy name? Let me figure that out. You see, there's common plates that are for everyday use that we can just throw them in the dishwasher. We use them every day. They're part of our everyday life. Common. I get them little five for a dollar jobs, what I normally eat on. The segmented plates like the kids eat. That's what Wendy lets me touch. That's when we don't go big and do paper. But when I, when I walk by the dining room at our last house and I, I see that fine china, Laying there. I said, man, that's, that's different than this plate. That's set apart for special use. That's for a special purpose. I, I don't just use those plates for utility. Those are unique unto themselves. They are not to be approached like normal plates. You see, 
if we ever do get to eat on the china, this will be me. I'm going to get my plate and I'll be like this all the way to the table. <laughs> do not bump into me. Stay away from me. Because if I drop this, it's going to be some drama. But see, here's the problem. Hallowed be his name, but we have treated him common. And he says, when you come to me, you come as a child. But you better reverence me. We have lost the reverence of God. And he says, when you pray, Jesus says, when you pray, Corporately, it's not just about you. But when you come to him, you come with some boldness. That is your daddy. Hollow would be thy name. Put a little respect on it. Don't treat him as common. He is the one true living God. You come to him as your father, but you come to him as like he is the living God. And then it says, our Father, who art in heaven, don't let what you see limit me. We are just beginning to frame an effectual, fervent prayer. It may look something like this. Lord, I know you got a lot. But I need to talk to you about what's going on in Crestview right now. We got a homeless problem we're trying to fix and we need your help. We got a drug issue in our high school we're just trying to fix. I've got ideas, but you are the beginning of all wisdom, so I come to you. I don't care how you fix it. I just need you to intervene because our kids need you. These precious people need you. I know you're a loving father and you love them the same way you love me. So in that understanding, I thank you that you're not limited by what I see. You're not limited by even what I would consider as wisdom because your wisdom confounds my wisdom. So while you are on the throne, able to rule and reign over heaven and earth. I ask humbly that the strength and the might that you bring as the one true living God would be applied to the need of my city. And however you meet it, I will give you praise. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. That's only Verse 9. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Stand to your feet. I want to bless you. Hallowed be thy name. To be reverenced is special. Be careful how you use his name. Be careful how you use his name. It is unique and sacred. 
it is set apart. The Bible says that he gave Jesus a name that is above every name. It's not like talking to your neighbor. You're talking to your father who is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Approach him with a boldness but with an expectation that he is God all by himself. We're getting it. Can't wait for next week. It's going to blow your mind. The revelation of the word is so powerful. Don't miss next week. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We bless your holy name. Teach us to pray. Teach us through your word to pray. Effectual, fervent prayers that availeth much. Lord, I believe that's all you are waiting on for your return is for a church to pray. To, be, to bring breakthroughs to the lost like never before. So Lord, teach us to pray. We'll be faithful. We will hold up our end of the bargain. We will use our dominion to speak. I thank you for that. Bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Father, I thank you for your word. I am so grateful for your word. Lead us and teach us according to your word. Take our voice and our thoughts out of it and let it be solely you that teaches us. I thank you for that. Give us all a safe week. For those who are traveling, I speak traveling graces upon them. And I thank you, Lord, to bring us all back next week safe. Bring us back next week with more wisdom and more of your word locked away in our heart. And we'll give you the glory, honor, and praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.